You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. No, I didn't end up in a life raft on an island <laughs> Did someplace. You <laughs> I'm here. I'm back. Everything was fine. No life rafts. I'm, I figured you made it to the island at least. <laughs> I am Glenda Geek, and I am from Ocala, Florida. I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 13th, episode 3113. Uh, today brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, Horse World. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. Well, it's good to be back. And Jamie and I, we don't even have any guests today. It's just going to be us chatting about the big game. We're going to talk about the ads. We're going to talk about Jamie's new old horse. Plus, we're going to discuss what to look for in a boarding stable. And uh, and uh, it's not Weird News Day, right? It's uh, Question First World Problems Day. You got it. All right. We're going to discuss those, too. In the Auditor Post Show, we're going to chat about the Clydesdale, Budweiser, PETA controversy. I, I don't know how long that will take. because Is it bad that I did? didn't even read it because I'm just like, uh. It involves docking tails. So we'll talk about that in the post show. But first, it was a good game. Did you watch any of it? Or? So I did. I went to a Super Bowl party. My brother-in-law always hosts one. And uh, it's a lot of fun and a lot of people talking. And I, you know, all I care about is watching the commercials. But <laughs> I had a vested interest in yesterday's game. And I'll tell you what it is. I did one of those videos where... I don't know if you saw Rich Strike. They did like a video of like you pick the winner, and it's like the the puppy bowl. The 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 oh yeah the yeah Tonight yeah. Show does it with the yeah, puppies. Tonight Show does it with the puppies. Yeah, and then they did one with Rich Strike, and I'm like, I'm gonna have Homer do a video and pick the winner. So I had Lucas Holdem, and I was further out, and I had a cookie on top of a sign that said Eagles, and a cookie on top of a sign that said um, Chiefs, and he released the hound. And Homer directly ran over to the Chiefs cookie and ate it. Wow. And I was like, well, we know who's going to win. Homer's a pro, pro, uh, what is that? Pro. Not a procrastinator. I know, it's the other one. (laughs) (laughs) That other one. Yeah. So, yeah, a prognosticator. Thank you. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so that's it. So, So this is how I watch sports. I used to have a boss that was like a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I can't stand that guy. He was awful. <laughs> and so I always cheer against his team. So it was like a little bittersweet that Homer selected the Chiefs because I'm like, ugh, he's that guy. He's happy right now. You'd rather have people I'm like ugh, somewhere he's having a bad day. But uh, a woman's, you know, scoring less forever. Uh, so, yeah. So um, Homer was the pick the winner. And uh, yeah, it was good. I was that's the only care reason I cared. <laughs> yeah, I only cared a little. I'm a Dallas fan, which, you know, send your hate mail to Jennifer. I just, ca- I just don't like football. I don't care about football. <laughs> yeah. So, um, But I grew up near Philadelphia. You know, we were, oh. we were not too far from Philadelphia. So it was always the Phillies and, you know, it was always the Eagles and all of that. And I was the only Dallas fan in my entire high school. So, um, 
But yeah, so I kind of had the root for the Eagles a little bit. And of course, you know, the losing team always says it was rigged and the refs sucked and they did suck a little bit. Um, but, you know, and I knew regardless of what happened, Philadelphia is known for having the worst sports fans ever. Every poll ever done puts the Ugh, sports the fans in Philadelphia the worst. The Phillies fans yeah. are the worst. <laughs> well, you knew they were going to go try and burn down the city last night. Whether they won or lost, it was going to be the same. <laughs> and they pretty much did. But Hey, a couple highlights from this game. You know, you and I don't talk football a lot. So uh, let's talk about the national anthem. Had to be one of the best I've ever heard. I think I read that Pink tweeted to Chris Stapleton after the game, you and Whitney Houston now own the National League. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll give Whitney a tie. (laughs) It was so good. It was good. And if you haven't heard it yet, just go YouTube, National Anthem, Chris Stapleton. We talk about the hard-hitting, important stuff here, which is the National Anthem. We don't care about the football part. Um, And then the halftime show. (laughs) That's right. Unfortunately, I can't play it because, you know, you know, Super Bowl rules and getting sued. But um, the big game rules, you're not even allowed to say Super Bowl. So, <laughs> but Kristen, he was amazing. It was a really yeah. good, really, really good national anthem. Now, you know, I never watched the halftime show, so you have to do that report. And I read mm-hmm. my review showed half, like everything, half the people loved it, half the people hated it. You know, I, um, back in my radio, early radio days, okay, I did a we did. We had a Christmas concert. It was called the Jingle Ball in Atlanta, and it was like all the hot new artists come because the radio station basically makes them, and they do a Christmas concert. Oh, and still stuck on Jingle Ball. Did they actually call it that? Yeah, it's called the Jingle Ball. <laughs> Q100 Jingle Ball. Yeah. Uh, So uh, anyway, there's all these artists that come and it's all the hot artists that are being played on the radio and they all have like a 30 minute set and they just kind of have to do it because it's a radio station that plays their music. Well, I had to host the pre pre concert concert in the basically in the parking lot. With and the it was, artists that aren't really artists. With the artists that aren't anything yet, but maybe an up comer, maybe they won't ever have a song ever. And we're in a parking lot and it's Christmas time. It's freaking freezing. Okay. It is so cold. <laughs> and there is this girl and she has some dancers with her and she's from Barbados and she performed in the parking lot. And I had to interview her after the show and her name was Rihanna. Oh, no, really? And so to like see her. <laughs> Now on like the Super Bowl, I mean, I've followed her career because I found it so fascinating that her trajectory and all the drama that's happened to her and everything. But I will tell you that every so I'm I'm in the the halftime show and I'm in the party and all the guys, you know, the game's not on. So they all are talking. And so my sister-in-law and I and the other girls were there. We literally are here for the halftime show. So we crank it up, you know, so loud. And then the guys come over and turn it down. And I turned around. And I was like, you touch that remote one more time. We're going to have a problem. There, this is the reason we're here. So we crank it back up. And I think I heard across the world, everybody Googling at the same time. Is Rihanna pregnant? Because she was like, really? Pregnant looking, but she had a baby like at the end of last year. Turns out, I think I read this morning that she was kind of announcing her pregnancy while she was on the stage. And I was like, dang, if a pregnant woman, I don't know if she lip synced, I don't care, but like to dance like she does and like be pregnant. I was like, you go girl. And then hanging up there on those big raptor, the revolving floors. I don't know. I think the Super Bowl is an incredibly difficult place to perform. Because you know half the people are going to hate it, uh, but 
And you got I, like I, I always 10 like minutes it. to get ready, you know, to get the whole stages put out there. It's just go, go, go. Yeah. It's got to be so stressful yeah. and so crazy. And she hasn't performed in seven years. So, I mean, like she had to be so nervous, but she didn't look nervous. She just owns it. Well, let me review that before we get to but the... But she com- didn't sing Pondu Replay, which really irritated me. It's my favorite. <laughs> before we get to the lackluster commercials, uh, let's review this. So Rihanna and you were in a parking lot in Atlanta mm-hmm. in the freezing cold. Mm-hmm. Rihanna went on to play at the Super Bowl, and you're mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for really... Uh- Driving that home. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in perspective, Glenn. I, I appreciate just it. I had to process that. Okay, commercials. Wow. I don't know. The last couple of years, we haven't had a lot to talk about when it comes to Do you know what I like the best was they were doing movie pre, pre previews, you know? like Premier, Yeah, the, the trailers. And, yeah. and the one about Nike with... Um, Oh, uh, oh, 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 uh, Brad Pitt. It's basically about Michael Jordan. Is it Brad Pitt? No, uh, it's uh, with Matt Damon. Matt Damon, thank you. Oh my gosh, that that preview gave me, me goosebumps. I'm so excited to see that because I remember when these shoes came out and I can't, can't wait to hear the backstory. Isn't that really what started the whole sneaker collector thing? Yes, yeah. that's what they talk about in this whole thing is like Nike was they were selling Nikes out of the back of a car, you know, and then like, hey, there's a rookie. Let's just make a whole line of shoes around him. And I mean, my God, Air Jordans were just the coolest thing you could possibly. I played basketball when I was a kid. So like basketball camps and all that. If you had Air Jordans, you were like a cool kid. So, yeah. Well, I did. I kind of reviewed all the commercials this morning in case I missed anything. And um, the only, the only two that stuck out to me is Bradley Cooper, the ad with his mother for T-Mobile. Uh, I had to look up and see if that was actually his mother or if it was an actor. And apparently it was his mother. And apparently they did plan it to be that way. It wasn't that there was just a million. Out- I thought, well, they tried to do the commercials, a million outtakes, and they thought this would be funnier. Apparently, no, this is the way the commercial was written. And, oh, really? Yes. I It looked so... I, no, apparently it's the way the commercial was written. It did look like outtakes. Uh, but the line where he said, uh, I've been nominated nine times for Academy Award, and she said, yeah, but you never won one. Isn't that a mother's job? Just to constantly <laughs> always be... Hey, give me your shin. I'm going to kick it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and also the rock star commercial. Did you see that one? No. The business rock star commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yes. did. I did. Stop calling yourself a rock yes. star. Yeah, like I all thought the that one was, was effective. No, it wasn't effective because can you tell me what the company was? No, I was thinking uh, Rockstar Energy Drink. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was some, I don't know what it was. See? So apparently, the commercial sticks in my mind, but not the company paid for it. So I always think that the, the companies that have um, the most commercials overcharge their customers the most. And <laughs> as a T-Mobile true. customer, I would like to, <laughs> those were like $7 million commercials. And it was like every break, there was a T-Mobile commercial. And I was like, okay. I am paying way too much for my phone service. (laughs) (laughs) And Bradley Cooper can't be cheap. So there you go. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Well, that's our review. That's pretty much all I have to say about the Super Bowl. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say. All right. Daily Winnie time. General disclaimer, happy birthday to all the auditors I missed last week. And 
to Lisa Dowell, whose birthday is tomorrow, which happens to be Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, yes, it is Valentine's Day tomorrow. Just okay. throw that out there. Uh, also, we had a new auditor, Michelle Schneider. So thank you for becoming a new auditor. You can find all the other auditors hanging out over in the auditor room. Just search for HRN Auditors on Facebook. And we'll let you in if you're not in there already. But thank you, Michelle, for being our sole, sole new supporter last week. We really appreciate it. I was going to tell you this because I know you are like me and you appreciate gambling, right? I mean, I, I might have played a little blackjack on the ship. I, I, in we, I have to find out how your trip was, considering you didn't drown and you're here to, to talk about it. Uh, but so there's a, a, a game last night uh, where it's called you, you basically buy squares. Have you ever seen this? So like, there's a there's twenty sorry a hundred squares and they're two dollars a piece and it's just like a grid ten by ten grid, and the chief's name is on one the left side and like the eagles was name was across the top and you pay your $2 per square and you fill in your name on whatever square you want. And then they fill in the, they draw numbers zero through nine and they fill those in. And at the end of each quarter, the corresponding grid square matches up to like the last number. Like if it ended, it was 14 to 17, you take the four and the seven, you go through the grid and you find that square and whoever's name is in that wins $50. I was a winner. Really? Wow. I never win. I never win. (laughs) But I was like, listen, I'm here. Chad's gone. I brought my son so he could play with his cousin. I'm going to gamble. (laughs) It's not hardcore gambling. Nobody would take a bet on whether the Chiefs were going to win because Homer said so. I just, (laughs) but I actually won all this cash and it was so exciting. I was like, I got money. Yeah, it was awesome. You won more than I did. So long-time listeners will know that Jamie and I both like blackjack. That's our game. And my sister-in-law was along on this trip, and she had never been to a casino before. Oh, you let let me show you, young one. <laughs> and she wanted to go to a casino. I said, well, you can go play the slots, but that's boring, and you don't use your mind. You just sit there. So, um, so I said, I bet you I can teach you how to play blackjack. So we worked on it. I actually, before we went to the casino, I taught her how to play blackjack, and she came down. She watched me for a while, and then she jumped in. But um, it, I had fun. Besides the cigarette smoke, which is excessive, um, I had a good time. I played for an hour and a half, and I was up $15 in the end. So I didn't hey, lose money after an hour and a half. So that's a win. <laughs> I got down <laughs> to twenty the- bucks, back up to you know two hundred, and then back down to about one hundred fifteen. And she watched for a while, and then got brave enough to play. And I got to tell you, you know what? When you're a first timer, actually announcing to the table you're a first timer is not a bad thing, because they then the other players forgive you for doing stupid things. Um, plus, they try and help you out, and the dealer helps you out. So a couple times she said, you know, I'll take a hit. And the dealer was like, it shook it, shook her head. No, 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 no. don't do that. And then all the other people, like if somebody sits down, they're like, I've never played before. I'm like, peace. I'm out. (laughs) So they were very helpful. It was a lot of fun. You know, everybody's on a cruise to have a good time anyway, but we did have a good time. It was fun to, I hadn't played blackjack in so long. So that was good. So where did you cruise to and from? Uh, We cruised from Port Canaveral. We got to see one of the uh, satellite launches uh, from the ship. That was kind of cool. And then when we were coming back into port, these satellite launches uh, have the part that comes back, the main 
thruster thing that comes back and lands on the ship. We got to see it coming back in, uh, being towed back in on the ship. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, we went to, uh, we went to one of the private islands and we went to Nassau, which I don't even get off at. It's my least favorite island. So we stayed in the ship, but it was mostly to bring Jennifer's mom on a cruise. And so we ate a lot of food, hung out, had a good time, relaxed. And it was nice. Good, good. And the weather was something that you guys all don't want to even hear about that are living. Oh, <laughs> are you in the midst of that whole hurricane thing? Wind yeah, came? there was. Th- we had wind yesterday of up to forty miles an hour, but you know, and temperatures in the fifties, which we consider really cold. But you, know, you guys, that's How do you just another day. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a big thing that happened over the weekend. I saw, and I did see this on Facebook. Uh, was your new old horse came? Yes, he arrived. And Does the let new me old horse re- have a name, by the way? Yes, we named him Jack. Jack. We named him Jack, and I will tell you why here in a minute. But uh, yeah, so April Kamek and her husband, April shared this horse on Facebook. I'll give you a very short version because some of you already heard this, but it's a very short version. Went to look at this horse, and April was like, all I said was, is he sane and and serviceably sound because I would like some a horse to kind of take over some of the responsibility for Duke. And yes, he is sane and serviceably sound. And and Alvin, the husband, was like, What are you thinking? This is a terrible decision. Do not buy this horse. Because he wasn't like it was free. Okay. Uh, but I was like, I bought a 19-year-old carriage horse, like he's been there, done that kind of thing. Cool. Uh, and she uh, and and she kept telling me all these other things, and I'm like, "Is he serviceably sound and sane? Yes or no?" She's like, "Yes." <laughs> and so I was like, "Get him!" And apparently, Alvin was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> this is a terrible idea." So he lodged his thing, and she tried to tell me that there might be some stuff, but she, I was like, "No, just answer this question. That's all I need." He's rough. He looks. <laughs> he looks rough. Yeah, the pictures. He's, he's been at her house for a couple of weeks, right? He's been there for three weeks, and I'm like, he looks like that after three weeks. Oh dear God! <laughs> I, I'm like, and, and the pictures just didn't do justice to how y'all never listen to the horse husband. No, I wish, uh, you know, I wouldn't do anything different, to be fair. Like, I would have bought him anyway. So, because uh, he just he needed me. Um, but man. <laughs> So he's down to one shoe, his feet, like when he walks, he like has this weird, like hitch in his right front. It's like, he kind of lifts it up and then like flex it and then puts it down. And I think there's another one of those in his hind leg. I'm pretty sure. You also said he's blind. Uh, Yeah. I found that out after they had him. He's blind (laughs) in one eye and has some sort of occlusion in the other eye. So he's going to be completely blind probably very soon. (laughs) Good leading trail horse. (laughs) Uh Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's, he's blind. I forgot about that part. Um, And uh, I don't think I told the husband that yet. And he's downstairs. Oh, good. Now he knows. Really well. Um, yeah, so he, I think what the actual deal is, is he's lame in every leg, which Mm. you they can only limp in one, so he just doesn't limp in any of them because they all hurt. Um, he has not had any sort of medical attention at all. Um, the the vet, April, uh, had the Coggins and the health cert and all that stuff done, and the, the her vet said, he's going to be okay. But, man. So... I think in so she said that he was basically in like a 100 by 200 um, area with six other draft horses and it was wooded. 
so this horse has not seen grass, has not seen anything. So I'm, I'm getting some vitamin E, like I've got some KPPB, the, 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 uh, um, rice bran like i've got i got all sorts of stuff to start throwing him and um thanks to one of our listeners who sent cookies for him and you guys know i'm not a cookie person i don't give horses cookies because all mine are young thoroughbreds and they will bite you <laughs> for a cookie so i'm like i'm gonna go out and bring him in and give him his beet pulp and his rice bran and his st- all the things so i walk out to get him and he's like bye oh, no. nope <laughs> Glenn, this old shuffling 20-year-old horse ran away from me for 20 minutes. Oh, it's amazing how that happens. He was like, no, humans are terrible. How they forget Uh, how lame they are sometimes. uh Uh-huh, yeah. He was like, nope. I went out there probably five or six times. I brought everybody else in, and he's out there by me. So I put him out with Effie, my little filly. He couldn't tell he was alone. He was blind. So. <laughs> well, it's funny. I put him out with the filly and he kind of looks at her and he's like, sup. And he walks off. And then I put Duke out there and they both look at each other like, sup. And they just walk off. Like there was no sniffing, no squealing, no nothing. It was just ambivalence, you know, like it's don't care. So anyway, I can't catch him. And it was, I was out there for 20 minutes and I had told, I'd ask April, I'm like, you know, before I take this halter off, can you catch him? She's like, yeah, it's fine. He comes right into the stall. Yeah. No, not so much for me, <laughs> but she <laughs> had three April weeks. Like you? Yeah, I guess so. I guess she, like, he likes April more than me. And so finally, God bless our nice, sweet listener who sent me the cookies. I ended up going out there with cookies and I put them in a bucket. And I started shaking the bucket. And I mean, we're talking to you guys for me to not catch a horse for 20 minutes. His horse was like, you're not coming within a hundred feet of me. I will shuffle my little crippled self to the other end to not be near you. And so I finally, with the cookies, put him in a bucket and shaking them, you know, and, and he was like, wait, I know that noise. Cause I think April had taught him <laughs> to come to food. And so finally, as he's, I'm holding the bucket in my left arm and I like slip a rope over his neck with the right. And I'm like, got you. Sucker. So I put that and and I was, while he was running away from me, I was like, you know what, Jack, we're going to laugh about this someday. We're going <laughs> to laugh about this. We're going to look back on this and think how funny that was that you were uh, thinking I was terrible. Um, so the, Makeover process starts this morning. His, mm. oh, his feet. If you can catch oh. him again. Exactly. He's out. I put him <laughs> back out. I was like, see you tomorrow with some cookies there, big guy. Uh, so the farrier comes this morning. As soon as the show is over, he will be here. And we're going to pull that one shoe and trim him up and get him balanced because he's just, oh, he's a mess. And I, uh, you know what? The, the winter coat hides so much. That is <laughs> true. That is true. If he was and like if they're sickly, shed out, their winter coat gets thick and gangly, so you can't see much. It's it's like a like afro type yeah, hair. Exactly. Like it's just like it gets, I don't know rough what the word and coarse, is, and yeah. I don't know what afro feels like. But yeah, I, I would Scooter imagine was the same way. Yeah, and 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 I, I'm like, if he was, if it was springtime and he'd shed out now. Somebody would call the police. Like I would, yeah, I would be getting a phone call. Like, I would getting a visit. That from is a the, fear, actually, a legitimate fear of getting a horse that in that's that that bad of shape. Oh man! Fortunately, your place sits back a little, but you know we were right along the road, and we always had that problem of people looking at the. I horse know I can there. hide him pretty good, <laughs> <laughs> but if he's out in the arena, everybody's going to see him. So yeah, he's definitely way rougher than I thought. But again, I did not give April an opportunity to 
tell me anything. <laughs> She's, she just did the best. She, I said, buy them. And she said, okay. And her husband said, don't do that. And she bought him, <laughs> took him home. And, he, but he, once you have a hold of him, he's, he's fairly indifferent to you, but you can tell he's very gentle for being so big and, and all that. He's very gentle. And I, th- I think he's just kind of He's just been used and abused, you know, so, so we're going to teach him that everything's okay. And, and, and it's funny, I ride Duke bareback with a bareback pad and, you know, farm boy comes over yesterday and he's looking at him and he's like, well, ain't going to be riding this one bareback anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause that would be a spine up my butt. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you can see every vertebrae in his back and he's oh, just no. like, and, and I guess April's vet was like, once he gets fatter and get some fat pads up there like he's going to be better but so we got the vet of trying to schedule the vet for teeth and all the all the things that he would possibly need and he's just a big old scared hates human kind of horse and we're going to work on fixing that yeah, he probably has some reasons for that that are fairly i don't blame <laughs> i don't blame him one bit <laughs> but i'm going to prove to him that his world has changed well, you know, you've had a rough morning. First, the realization that Rihanna's in the Super Bowl and you're with me. <laughs> and, then, and then you have Jack. So I know, it's been bless a rough him. morning so far. Oh, by the way, his name comes from uh, Black Beauty, where he was sold at a sale to be a London cab horse, and mm. Jerry bought him, and they called him Jack. Well, he's not qualified for that even, so... <laughs> It's pretty bad he's not even qualified to be a London cab horse at this point. No, not not right now. (laughs) Well, the World Equestrian Center, they are having a good day. Actually, they're having a good season. Tons of stuff happening over there right now. I saw some of our auditors are coming into town. Uh, Some of the authors we've had on the show, some of the hosts from the Horse Radio Network are coming into the World Equestrian Center. A lot going on over there. Uh, The Winter Spectacular Show is still going on. That's the jumper show that's been happening. Happens for like 10 weeks over the winter. This Saturday night is the Florida Coast Equipment Grand Prix worth $100,000, and apparently they've been selling those out. Next weekend is the Acala February Dressage Show. They're hosting 10 dressage competitions. It's presented by Hampton Green Farm and Discover Dressage. The schedule includes three FEI three-stars and also two World Cup World Cup qualifying shows. The World Cup's coming up in March, actually, and as well as five additional nationally rated events. And they're also doing something that I thought, I put this in here for you, actually. Uh, it's the 2023 Stirrups Wine Series presented by Wheels Up. So you show up there on Saturday from 6.30 to 9 p.m., and you can explore the rich wine culture of France, specifically the Burgundy and Bordeaux regions. I'm listening. They have small plates and wine samples of over a hundred wines. That's why I thought. What I does that have to do with stirrups? Uh, that's the name of the restaurant. Oh, gotcha. So you have a like, doctor ride after that. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you, if I'm sampling over a hundred wines, I'm going to need more than a small plate to absorb that. I'm going to be carried out. 
Manita uh, Big Plate. And uh, <laughs> it just when Manita said stirrups, I was like, is there a riding something? Do I have to like, sample 100 wines and then ride? Wow, that's No, you don't fun. get to ride. Uh, I don't think they're going to let you ride after sampling 100 wines. But there Probably you go. Nice. They do all kinds of really cool stuff like that. It's happening right now at the World Equestrian Center. And they're doing an expo. We'll talk about that next week in March. They're doing their first uh, expo there. So I'll talk more about that next week as I get more details in. But you can find out everything about the World Equestrian Center at World Equestrian com. So, one of our listeners posted, uh, does anyone know if HRN has ever done an episode on choosing a boarding barn? Uh, apparently, she got burned with one that she thought was trustworthy and would be a perfect fit. Um, and she wanted to know, you know, what do you look for in a boarding barn? You and I both have looked for boarding barns in the past. And as a matter of fact, if you'll remember... Right before we went, uh, I took a week off. We announced that we were that our boarding stable was closing, so we had to find a new boarding barn. Well, Jennifer, of course, went right into action because there was no way we were going to be able to tolerate Jennifer on the cruise if she hadn't already established where the horses were going. Dude, I get it. She would have been sidetracked the whole time. So we did. We found a place. Uh, it's right across the street from where we are now, as a matter of fact, and still has access uh, to the trails that we're on. But it's a oh, little that's... tiny boarding stable. It's uh, only only like six horses, uh, and it's a couple that retired to Florida that owns it. So it's much different than the one we're at now, which probably has 30 horses. So much different by much different feel. But I thought I asked Jennifer. She's kind of got a cold right now. So I asked her to write down. What, do you, what does she look for in a boarding stable? And I thought you and I could talk about that, uh, you know, because you know, half the people in our survey board their horses. And you, you've probably been to some, had your horses some bad ones and had your horses. I think I moved my horse every six months when I lived in Atlanta. There you go. I mean, we both had that experience and we used to run a boarding stable. And to some people, we were the good one. And to some people, we were the bad one. So, um, Let's talk about she Jennifer broke these down into categories, the non-negotiable items. So you have to decide which items in your head are non-negotiable. Uh, so they have to have these things. And her list was turnout because scooter needs turned out in a dry lot. He can't be turned out in a lot of grass, right? So that's a consideration. Some places don't even offer turnout, so you have to right. Exactly. Access to a riding area, uh, an arena or, you know, an area to do arena type stuff. And they do have one. They have a big grass field. Um, she put location within 20 minutes. And I know some of our listeners drive an hour. Oh, I used to drive an hour in Atlanta each way. Yeah. So there's two hours of your time with your horses that are taken up just driving, right? Um, trailer parking. That was a must for us. And... This is something that you always look for, and I think horse girls overlook this a lot, where their husbands will pick this up, and that's signs of deferred maintenance. If you look around, and then, uh, you know, the there are boards that are broken, uh, you go into the barn, and it just looks like it needs maintenance. Signs of deferred maintenance is a red flag for us. It means that, you know, we're not paying attention to the place where our horses are, so are we paying attention to the horses? I don't know if that's something you look for, but it is something we look for. Do you know what? There would be so many signs of deferred maintenance if I didn't have a husband who could stand to have anything broken. Like, uh, horses break boards here, and he's just, like, out there in 20 minutes fixing it. Well, and that's good. I mean, that's a good thing. Oh, Uh, yeah. Because, you know, otherwise horses are getting hurt on the broken boards and all that stuff. Um, and then there are the negotiable things. So you, you take a look at your non-negotiables. Do you have any to add to the non-negotiable list? So 
non-negotiables. These are things that have to be there at the barn. I, I've I've been very um, flexible with my negotiables, and I think it's because I was in a city mm. and trying to find a boarding stable in the city. I drove an hour each way. Um, you know, I really like them to have jumps, but I boarded at a place that didn't have jumps. So I bought them and the biggest pain in the world was I had some jumps and then actually I built them. And if I was going to use them, I had to take them out, set them up. And when I was done riding, I had to take them down. That would now be a non-negotiable. Like I'm not going to clear out your arena. Um, as far as non-negotiables, I, I mean, what mine would be more like feed turn it'd be a horse kind of care type stuff um feed is is the food good is it fresh is it uh how's the hay um that would definitely be something one of the first things jennifer looks at is the feed room yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is like, what is my horse going to eat here? And can I provide supplements that you will also actually feed? How much care is there as far as observing the horses? Like we do a night check. I, I look out and make sure everybody's up and all that. Are you are you attentive to the horse's needs? That would be, I don't, I can figure out riding. I can figure out all that um, back when I was boarding, but the care of the horses was the most important to me. Totally agree. And the other thing to do is some due diligence. Ask around, you know, find out uh, from people that have been there or not been there before. Uh, If you ask enough horse people, you're going to find somebody who knows somebody, right? That's either been there. Now, you do have to take that with a grain of salt, because as we know, there are people that board their horses that aren't always the best boarders in the world either. So if you're hearing from that person and they had a terrible experience, they might have been the problem. If one person has a bad experience with several places, it's usually that person. There you go. You know, But here's what I also do when I walk into a, a facility that I'm looking at. I look at the horses. Are they pinning their ears at me as I walk by? Are they hiding in the back of their stall? Do they look happy to see humans? Are they like a little happy knicker or are they miserable and grumpy? Uh, so the, the, and then the same is for the people that are also boarding there. Are these people happy? Are they enjoying themselves? Are they having a good time with their horses or is everybody quiet? Just getting their work done playing with their horses like you know you see you can tell a lot about added by the attitude of the horses and the attitude of the humans what do we always say every barn has a field the minute you walk in and you have to trust your instinct with this that was one of the things i wrote down is trust your instinct you know what's your gut telling you is your gut telling you are there red flags and you're ignoring them you know but your gut saying "Mm, that and it's everything you said right with the and the feel of the barn comes from all of those things when you walk into a barn you know in 20 seconds what the feel of the barn is you just know is it quiet is it you know as you said are the horses happy is everybody having a good time or is this there is there an underlying current of stress and you can mm-hmm. feel that in a barn too. Mm-hmm. And that comes from the horses and the people. You know, that's both. Uh, but you got to trust your gut on that stuff. And then you have to make the decision. You know, this is one decision that you really have to have your gut in. You, you know, you, it really has to be involved in this decision because ultimately you have to be happy there and your horse has to be happy there. Everybody has to be happy there. Uh, you know, where we're going from a situation where we, we paid board and bought all our food separately. Now, they fed it, 
right? But we bought it all separately. So now in the new situation, board is much higher, but they're they're providing all the food. So that's something Jennifer was actually concerned about because she controlled the food before. So now we're going to a situation where she won't necessarily control what hay and all of that stuff. So, you know, that's something that she was concerned about. How excited about. are you not to have to go buy hay and unload and unload? <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about that, actually. Uh, and, you know, when I took a look at the price, I had sticker shock because we're basically doubling our board. Uh, and But when you take into account how much we were paying on hay and all of those stuff, that we're not doubling our board. So, you know, it's just all those things you have to take into consideration. Now, there's a lot of other things if you're showing, you know, will your, will your instructor be able to teach at your place? You know, there's all of those things. The, but some little things when you're looking at the feed and hay storage room, is the feed kept in rodent-proof bins? Mm-hmm. Look around for mouse poop. You know, um, you can just look around and see that. Um, and we all, I also take a look at the supplements. You know, I, I take a look, one, at how neat they are. Um, and two is how dusty they are. I always take a look at that figuring, hmm, are they really feeding these? Or are they just sitting around? I've been sitting exactly. around for 10 years. Uh, you know, just, I, I, I want to see a clean feed room, you know, that it's at least not a disaster. <laughs> and organized too. Like, like every, if, the more horses you have, the more organization the feeding has to be. You know, like I have three or four horses on one supplement and two horses on another supplement and two more on a different one. So how do I put those up? But again, I only have like 10 horses here versus other places that have 30 or 40. But Mm -hmm. if, if I had other people feeding for me, I would have to really be conscious of labeling and bagging and prepping everybody for all the different things um, that they get. So it is, uh, yeah, you definitely need to make sure that the place is organized in the feed room and is willing to uh, work with you on what your horse eats. And what's the other thing, too? When you're visiting, you're going to make an appointment, you're going to go out and get, get to get the tour, right? Uh, what's the other thing you and I recommend when going to see a horse for sale or you're going to look at a boarding barn and you have your appointment set? What do you always do? Show up early. Show up early. That's right. And in this case, 15 minutes to 30 minutes early. Oh, I was just running early. That's when you're going to see what it's really like. That's when you're like, why are they lunging the horse that I'm coming out to try to buy? Why all of a sudden, you know, is this mad flurry of, and do they look flustered, really flustered, and almost pissed off that you showed up early? So, you know, those are, that's one. By the way, I hate it when you people show up early. I know. I know you do. Because I'm not that I'm getting around anything. I'm just like, I haven't I have a schedule. sweat the barn owl yet. You know, I'm still working on stuff. But yeah, that's definitely something. Another thing is that I, that was always pretty particular to me. Um, what's the turnout like? Hmm. And then, so if I have turnout, is it single turnout? Is it group turnout? And if it's group turnout, how are you going to introduce my horse to this herd? I find that the most accidents between horses happen when you're bringing them all in and they're all standing there. So how do you guys manage that part of it? Because that when all the horses are fighting to come in, that's when they're like, oh, I'm going to kick you, you know, I go crazy like that. So how, how is this turnout? How big is it? How many acres I always look at? Now, how many acres do you have for the horses? When I, I we thought we were going to move to Albuquerque. We go to Albuquerque, Chad and I do, and he's, he's interviewing you with really one of the, you were going to move to Albuquerque. 
Oh yeah, I don't remember that story. <laughs> I was thrilled. Well, it was they, they were going to move the F sixteen unit oh, to Albuquerque this is potentially. Maybe before I met you. Yeah, okay. so we went to Albuquerque, and I'm like, I got to find a boarding stable, you know. So he went and did Which the interview stuff. Lot would you like? <laughs> you know what? You know what was crazy? And maybe it's maybe I just didn't go to the right places. But every place you would show up, and they'd have 25 boarding horses on four acres, mm. and just like. Where does everybody go? Oh, well, we'll turn them out in the round pen. I'm like, you rotate 25 horses in and out of a round pen every day. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> you know, like people are going to tell you what you want to hear. Just don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask, 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 ask. The other place that shocked us with that was Norco. When we visited Norco, California, how many mm-hmm. horses were in such a small space? Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's who, and that's one of the first questions Jennifer asks is, you know, what's turnout? Because, you know, that's that's the where that's where horses get hurt. <laughs> it's usually in turnout. But if they don't have it, you're gonna get hurt. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> so I mean, you, yeah, who are they out with? All of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is a contract. You know, I still at I still am a big believer in having a contract. Everything's written down. There's there's expectations both ways. We have contracts with everybody we deal with the horse radio network. Well, you know, whether it's hosts or advertisers or whatever, it's always written down because then you're covered, they're covered, everybody's covered, right? And you also have an out. If something's, if they're not living up to their side of the contract, you can get out. I've never signed it. I've never signed a boarding contract, I don't think. Yeah. Ever. Smart boarding staples would. Well, Just I don't do it, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I don't board. Like, if I'm boarding your horse, it's because I like you, <laughs> and we're gonna be friends. <laughs> but if you're just like cold calling off the street, no, I don't know for boarding, which is true. I mean, I've got two boarders here right now, and three, including Farm Boy. And yeah, sometimes it's just like you know, this is how it's gonna be, and we're all cool here. Cool, I see you all the time. Like, I'm always in the barn, so you're gonna see me every time you come. It's funny what you mentioned earlier when we had our boarding stable and we were on the other side. When somebody would come to us looking at boarding, the first question would be is, where are you at now and how long have you been there? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, because if they've only been there three months, then I want to know where they were before that and how long they were there. And you're right. If the, if it was three months, three months, three months, and three months, you're not coming here because you were the problem. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we usually tried to check up on them that way. And if we knew the place, if we knew the people that they were at now, we'd call them before we let them come. Because there's always another sto- other side to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I hope that was helpful. I don't know how helpful it was, but we hope that it was a little helpful. And, and I'm telling you, trust your gut. Your gut tells you. Yeah. And don't forget to ask about things like, how does the ferry, this is something that I've worked with um, Debbie at Flag Us Up because they're not offering boarding is how is the farrier scheduled? Do I have to book the farrier appointments myself? Do you have a standing appointment with one? And if so, how do I pay the farrier? How do I approve the ferry? You have to use theirs. Do you have to use theirs? Who's your veterinarian? How does that work? Does somebody meet the vet or do I have to be there? You know, because there's times where I had a, a business job and I couldn't hold my horse for the farrier and I couldn't meet the vet, you know, kind of thing like that. Um, yeah. How safe are the horses? What's the security protocol? Do you lock the tack room? You know, like what is what is that vibe around? You know, uh, so all all just ask every question, but write it down. Make a list. There you go. 
Well, we hope that helped. Um, your horse has unique feed needs, just what we talked about, right? Feeding your horse and making sure that the feed gets done. And Purina has you covered from breeding to senior horses, from performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between. Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put Purina's research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. Cheaper isn't always cheaper when it comes to boarding stables either. Just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> that <so>, is true. <laughs> so when we get to a question first, before we get to question first world problems, you had another horse that you were you wanted to oh chat gosh. about. I do. You know, I had this, I, I went to a horse and hound. I took Farm Boy for the first time. And it had rained so much here that we go up there and usually when I get to horse and hound, they say, okay, these are the two. But this time she's like, I've got your a pick of five. You can take, there's so many horses there right now. But she's like, I got a pick of five. So I was like, farm boy, make your pick. So we walked around the pasture and he's like, all right, well, we education, educated, approved choices. And the ones that he picked were the ones I would have picked. It worked out even better. So we, we get these two horses. We get him home, working with him, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so there's so much mud there that this horse's feet were covered in mud, and I get him home, and he has a huge crack in his back right hoof. Huge crack. Like, the flare. it's basically like a flare on the hoof had, like, cracked and come upwards. And um, the second day I put him in the round pen, I was like, uh-oh, he's now lame on that foot. I didn't know what to do, what would happen, you know? So, um, he came in and I was like, okay, bring him in, bring him in. You bring, bring him in. And basically that, I know something must've happened to that crack. It, it got exacerbated or something stuck up in there anyway. So I had the farrier come out and the farrier, this is just, you know, when you train in horses for other people, you make sure you're working with somebody who actually cares. So I have to call Nelda at horse and hound and, and, and my farrier is there as we're trying to make a decision on what to do with this horse. He trims the foot. The horse is sore from about mid, the, the entire front of the hoof from about where the each flare is to the front is all sore. Like when he, with the hoof testers and he's got this huge crack. So he trims him up as much as he can, but this guy is in pain. Like his foot hurts. And I'm like, all right, so what are we going to do? And he's like, here's the thing. You can take this horse back to the rescue and turn him out for six months is what we discussed. Uh, we could turn him out for six months, bring him back and see if he's better and, and get it going. Or he's like, I could put a shoe on this foot. I'd have to custom make it because now half the foot is gone because of the way he had to trim it because there was so much dead hoof there. And he's like, but that shoe is going to be $150. And I was like, okay, let me call Nelda. I have to call her. And anytime I call her, like in the middle of the day, she's like, yes, hello. And she knows it's going to be bad. <laughs> I'm like, hi. Quick question. Um, would you, you know, I kept her up to date on the crack and everything. So I'm fair. I, I talked to her quite a bit, but she knew the fair was going to be there. And I was like, okay, do I bring this horse back or do I put a shoe on him for $150? Sometimes people surprise you. What do you think she said, Glenn? Well, knowing her from all the years you've talked about her, I said, think she said, put a shoe on. Yes, she did. I was shocked. I was like, I didn't turn them out. <laughs> but she's like, you know, let's do the shoe. 
150 bucks for the shoe. She goes, probably in the end, we'll have to bring him up and turn him up for six months anyway, but he's going to need a shoe. So if he can make him a shoe, that will be good for that foot, you know, cause then he has to shoe the other bat hind legs. So they're even, and I'm like, can you even shoe two hinds and not the fronts anyway? Uh, so she's like, do the shoe. If we have to bring him back and put him six it's months. It's the other way around usually, right? Fronts and not hinds. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I'm just, I just love this woman so much. I just can't. I, I, it still surprises me like all the time because like there's 50 horses at her house, but this one matters. Are a today. lot of horses flunking out of racing right now? Well, the, the hay prices are so high and then the track closes and it's winter. And either mm. if they're not fast enough to move to another track like Sam Houston or something, they get. I was reading something. Is like, uh, there's a really great thing about thoroughbreds is because you can own an incredible athlete for a fraction of what it has cost to produce it. And that is so true. You know, these horses have had six months of trade. They've been bred to these really nice stallions and they come on. There's thousands and thousands and thousands and dollars and hopes and dreams that are put on every racehorse. And then they run three times and they're like, bye. I get, I mean, just to have that kind of money is amazing. Like I can't imagine you know, I'd be like, let's keep trying, you know, come on, we can get them. Uh, but we got a new, to get a new trainer, maybe get a new farrier. No, they just, they're done. And so, especially with the, the prices it is now people, a lot nice of people, to, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars just say, eh. Eh, it's in the one to the rescue. You know, they're not even selling them because her, her reputation is so good now as far as taking horses and they know they're going to get good homes. They know they're going to get good training, you know, all the things. So people really uh, rely on her and they send her a lot of nice horses. Um, but like I said, this guy had this crack and that's, that's the, the beauty of horse and hound is now just like put the shoe on him. If we, if we have to turn him out, we'll turn him out, but he'll at least need to shoe. And I was like, I would have got that one wrong, but you got it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's getting uh, his shoe done this morning and uh, we'll see how it goes. He's so stinking cute. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this all works for him. And I saw you adopted another one. So that's always good too. So I, I what did you, I do? You posted that another one got adopted out. So, Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, I didn't do it. <laughs> Don't put that on me. <laughs> so that's yeah, good. No, they get adopted all the time. It's just amazing. It's just people opening their home and, and learning that thoroughbreds have a great, they, they can be a great horse for another sport. It's just finding the right person for the right horse. So it's going great. Well, you know what else is crazy is how many equestrian first world problems are still happening in this world. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Yes, this ought to be good. It usually is. And again, this is um, a list of problems that our sad listeners have to go through. And, um, you know, th this is a post I put up on the auditor's Facebook page on Sunday nights. And uh, this is a this is what they write. This is their own story. They had to tell their own truth. If you want to be involved in this, you have to become an auditor. How do they do that, Glenn? Just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you can play along, too. Sometimes even horses do their first world problems. So there's another fun way to do that. Um, first one is Nicole. I don't want to give you scooters. He would have an entire list of first world problems. I'm sure All he would. All involving food. Poor thing. You're just starving him to death. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know what? You know what we should do? 
We've always talked about having a horse psych psychic. I tried. On. I have tried. I have tried. I last before I went on vacation. Uh, there were two that I was talking to over email. None of them wants to do it on the air. Why is that? You guys, with I know that all of you have horse psychics. I want somebody to come on they and read Jack. I want Scooter. Who doesn't want to hear what Scooter has to say, right? And and you'll do Jack. We'll be we'll, we'll both. What Jack has to say after all those years of carriage horse. Um, but yeah, we can't. If if you have anybody that will do it, let me know because I nobody not will come luck. on the air and nope. do it, and that makes me question their the validity of what they're saying. We're not going to pick on them. We're not going to make fun I, of them. And We're going to be supportive. Clear. I said, look, yes, it is entertainment. We do entertainment, and that's the part they don't like. Uh, because they all take their work very seriously. I said, well, I seriously do want to know what Scooter has to say. So it's not like I don't want to know. Uh, you know what? It's not like we're going to pick Adam here on the show. We're going to... No, we'll wait till after the show to do that. Oh, but... totally. No, no, we won't. <laughs> not on the air anyway. Um, so, but, but if you have one that wants to come on and do the show, and, and then they get exposure and maybe some more clients, and, uh, you know, if they believe in themselves, they'll come on. That's what I think. Yeah, I've not had any luck. I've been trying. Yeah. Um, Nicole says, my equestrian first world problem is that I'm caught up on all of my horsey podcasts. So now I have to wait for new ones. We have That's 42. There's no way you're caught up. <laughs> There's no way. You can't possibly. <laughs> Uh, Sharon says, I drove my horse Iggy twice this weekend. I took my other ho horse, Moose Man, on a great trail ride with my friends. And oh, yeah, I actually went skiing too, but I can't do this every weekend. <laughs> That's a lot to pack into a weekend. Well, her problem last week was how she's going to fit it all in. Which one should she choose? Well, apparently she got it all done. And um, there you go. now she's complaining that she can't do it all the time. <laughs> Denise says, My non horsey husband took me on a week. And vacation to Savannah, our favorite city, to get away from the New Hampshire weather and celebrate Valentine's Day. Uh, and I couldn't help myself. I scheduled a private carriage ride so I could get some horse slobber oh, on no. me. And then to top it off, I spent four hours over the last day getting a tattoo of my horse. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's a tattoo. Yeah. Also it's a tattoo packed in of a lot horse. in Savannah. <laughs> I mean, who there. doesn't go to Savannah to get a tat? It's the, I can't believe I've never been to Savannah. Oh, it sounds cool. I've never been either, and I'm really? from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. you lived there. <laughs> if ever you're in Georgia, you get out of Georgia <laughs> when you go on a vacation. That's true. Yeah. Allison said, I wanted to go to the movement, but it's at the exact same time we have a beach vacation to Florida scheduled, and everything is already booked and paid for. Okay, you're going to the beach in June in Florida. That's not vacation. That is roasting. So go to the movement council. Hey, Allison, do you want to know why your hotel was so cheap? Because nobody else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just kidding. Actually, you'd probably be pretty nice. Um, Heather says the weather is finally nice enough to ride again, but work is sending me to two back-to-back -back conferences on the other side of the state. Where is the weather good enough in February? That's what I want to know. Carrie says I may have, <laughs> I may have had some wine and ordered a ridiculous number of saddle pads from the Netherlands that aren't available in the U.S. But it was a flat rate shipping, and no matter how much you ordered, and I got twenty five percent off, and I got free grooming supplies, and I had to get all of the colors because it's like they were free. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have to pay more for shipping, Grandma and sister, I got you. I get you. By the way, I want that website Saddle link. Saddle pads from the Netherlands do not sound cheap to begin with. But it's like they were free, Glenn, because she I, got a I, discount. I understand. <laughs> you just don't know how things work. All right. 
Nan says, I finally got enough work to get by as an assistant trainer and instructor. And then suddenly scored a desk job that I applied to last year. So now I have to go do that instead so I can actually make some money. That whole making money thing is a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Now, Jessica, my equestrian first world problem is that my little baby thoroughbred was so well behaved through literal gale force winds today. But we didn't get to ride long because the arena was still too wet. Let me tell you something. You're in Florida, and I know you're a thoroughbred. You adopted him from Horse and Hound, and he's the best thing in the whole wide world. But it's gale force wind here all the time, and my baby thoroughbred <laughs> is not perfect. <laughs> I should have kept that one. Yeah, you should have. Actually, <laughs> She loves that horse. <laughs> Mine is like, oh, it's windy. I think we should practice our airs above the ground. Yes, we should leave like, county. We're going to yeah. leave town. <laughs> Now, Kelly sent one in her horse, Obi. Uh, he said, my equestrian first of all problem is my mom bought me a brand new ball, but it doesn't fit inside her SUV. So I didn't get to play with it today because the <laughs> truck is broken. <laughs> That's a big ball. <laughs> those are those big giant. Yeah. Inflated at the barn. Duh. Uh, Kelly says, I keep trying to explain to my non-horsey husband that horses don't make noises all the time like they do in the movies. But every time he comes to the barn with me, all the horses whinny because I'm like the feed lady. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been uh, Jennifer's mom staying with us, and we wanted her to see a couple things. One of them, have you watched the Enola Holmes movies? On I saw the first one. Well, we, we watched them both over the weekend, and we were counting the number of Frisians. And they are right. I was trying to see if they were using the same Frisians in every shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so hard to tell. <laughs> you really can't tell. There was one other white horse, but otherwise, all the horses in it were these, I think, same two or three Frisians. You know what? You can ask um, Jerry and Black Beauty what the London cab horses in the 1800s look like. And they did not look like Frisians. <laughs> they look like Jack. No, they did not. <laughs> they were not Frisians. That's for sure. Um, some are finally last one. Some this one, this one's the winner because she oh, and I can, I can I add when oh, yeah. the bad guy was chasing down the carriage, which was pulled by Frisians, two Frisians, he was riding a Frisian, and I was like, You could at least give him the rider a different horse than, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but it, that's like a dark kind of like m- mystery movie thing, yes. and they have to be wearing uh, riding black, black dark, or, yeah, mysterious dark horses. horses. Yeah, yeah, you can't have the bad guy riding a white horse. I think that's a rule in movies, actually. They don't wear right, white hats, and they don't wear right. ride white horses. No. All right, Summer, just because we're so much the same. Um, I need to replace one of my feed buckets. But the store doesn't have the right color, and now my whole system is going to be ruined. <laughs> I get it. When I was in Arizona, I was like, I want everybody to have the same color bucket, and everybody's going to have the you same color water. About that, <laughs> no, but then I couldn't. I couldn't do it, so I just leaned in, and I was like, you know what? Now everybody gets a different color. I was like, I'm going to have every color of the rainbow. I just leaned into the fact that I couldn't find. All of the same because, you know, one breaks and you go back to the store and it's like a different shade of blue. So I was like, Chili has green. Duke has yellow. Joey has red. There's so many colors of buckets now. I know. used to be blue and green and maybe black. Well, well, then then it would work. Okay. Then it would have worked. (laughs) I never saw so many different colored buckets as we went to that tax shop last year when we were doing the road trip and we were in Texas. That huge tax shop. Forget what it's called now. And Mm -hmm. they had must have had 10,000 buckets. And there were colors I've never seen before. (laughs) It was like crazy the amount of buckets. 
Yeah, you get all. Anyway, those are your equestrian first world problems. Too many of you complained about the weather, and so I didn't add any of those. Uh, so, yes, everybody, you're lucky to be alive with all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do sound disastrous. They uh-huh. really do. Nobody mentioned balloons. I think I've seen every meme that for the last two weeks has included Chinese balloons. There was no mention of a Chinese balloon scaring a horse. Not yet, but they, I have seen the memes where it's like my husband trying to look down the pasture and count the bay horses. <laughs> <laughs> so um, does Chad now, is he sorry he didn't get to shoot down a big balloon? You know what? Maybe he did. He won't tell me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they outfitted that American Airlines plane with that the missile. That has to be so, that's like the dream job of a fighter pilot. Because nobody's shooting like, back. No, right. and you can just go shoot down some sort of spy something like that had to be well, the they, coolest. Have you heard gig. about all of them? Now there's, there's three now, right? Yeah, but not all balloons. There are other things too, and of course, all the alien people are coming out of the woodwork at this point. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> we're we're gonna that. do a post show, so auditors, hang on. We're gonna talk a little bit about the whole Peter Clydesdale thing, and then uh, also maybe more TV talk because there's something that I want to mention. All right. We'll be back. God, you and I have killed an hour talking about nothing. Nothing, exactly. <laughs> I mean nothing. <laughs> and tomorrow, oh, yeah. you know, Karen's on and she talks endurance and they really do talk about something. So if you want some substance, tune in to tomorrow's <laughs> Horses in the Morning and uh, Karen will be talking about endurance riding. We'll be back on Wednesday with more nonsense. All right, we'll everybody. Spay, neuter, geld. They say they like the shows where we don't have guests. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't like it. I don't like talking to you this long. I know. We have to work for it, too. take this job actually work. I'm like, I could go up be hanging out with Rihanna. <laughs>